television that changes lives. Bringing the world fresh and relevant Christian programs such as By the Book, Rock House Cafe, and Club 36. Watchmen Broadcasting, transforming lives worldwide. Filling my life with joy, a guide to being a better you. Why did you write this book, Dr. Manley? Because of all the crazy and tragedies that I sent myself through before God came into my life and uh, straightened me out. What did you do? What did I didn't do? Nothing. Okay. It's one of those Where were you, ra where were you raised? I, was, I, I started out, I was born in Seneca, South Carolina, and um, I went into the Navy when I was just turned 17. And uh, you saw the world. Well, I began to. Uh, while I was in boot camp, uh, a friend of mine, friend that died in boot camp with me and it, it kind of like made me bitter because they didn't understand it at that time. I was young and I started going through a lot of changes within myself about it. So I stayed in the Navy probably about a year. How, why did he die? Spinal meningitis in boot camp. Oh, wow. And uh, when that happened, uh, it, like I was saying, it, I just got bitter, Dorothy uh, Russell. I got bitter. got bitter at everything. So was he a nice guy? Did you eventually, like, blame God in some ways, just saying, why such a nice guy? I mean, I don't, it's unfair. I, I don't think that uh, I blamed God at the time. I didn't blame God. What I did was uh, I, I just got angry about the situation, period. Mm -hmm. You know, he was my friend. We went in on the buddy plan. And um, I come up from a good family. Uh, uh, I've been with God all my life. Uh, I mean, I knew about him anyway. He'd been with me. And um, when I got out of the military, I started, got into doing drugs, um, and then I started doing some terrible things like armed robbery. I mean, my life went really bank right. robbery. I mean, it, it, it got cold. Drugs and alcohol it got make cold. you go that way. It got cold. It, yeah. got, it got really cold. So were you arrested? Plenty of times. I built about 28 years of my life in prison. Wow. And uh, during that time, I got my schooling. Uh, I went on, I constantly kept getting my school and that stuff, you know. That's where I got my doctorate at while I was in federal penitentiary. Uh, and it just like, it just, my life just spiraled. It spiraled out of, out of hand and uh, I really didn't know it how just, to get it back together. It just starts with a little thing, doesn't it? Mm. And then those little things get bigger and bigger and bigger. and bigger and you go deeper and deeper and deeper you start hanging with these friends oh they're cool they're a little different than me but they're cool and soon you become like them well they become like me whichever uh, but you're right uh, I went to the city I went to Philadelphia I used my GI Bill to go to school and but at the same time I was doing all the other stuff with the streets and drug dealing and drug usage and you know, running around with a lot of different women and stuff, you know, and right. uh, and it just caused me a lot of heartache and pain. And um, I made a lot of money. I spent a lot of money. And um, and then one day I found myself lost. You Bro know, the Bible says a fool and his money are easily departed. That's right. And uh, and it also tells us about how the the. Um, the way of a transgressor is hard. It's hard. And that's what I did. I brought hardship continuously on myself. You know, I mean, it was like I was punishing myself and didn't even realize it, you know. But I thought I was having fun, of course. But 
uh, to make a long story short, uh, it just, I don't know, I just, I just got into things that I just couldn't get myself out of. And you know, Paul in the Bible talks about taste not, handle not, touch not, mm -hmm. you know, because all that use or perish at the usage thereof. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that we don't need to get involved with or no. we'll, you know, we'll be the rest of our life trying to, to now, get out of it. When it was the earliest in your life that you accepted Jesus as Lord? As, as my Lord? Yeah. I, I would say 1971. 1971, 1972, somewhere along there. God gave me a vision while I was on, on the back of a ship, uh, the USS Diamond Head. I was in the Navy. And he gave me a vision of these golden flock of geese. You know how they fly in a, in a V like point and a V? Right. Yeah, and, and like they were, it was real. It was just as real I see it today. And I knew it was God speaking to me then. But you know, God will speak to you back then like he did David. He anointed David, but right. for so many years later, that it came to pass. Yeah. And it was the same with me, and, and it's, it's not a thing where I can just say that God came into my life and boom, it was there, and I know the time and the date like some people do. It wasn't like that for me, but it was a process, and it was a long and arduous process for me, you know, but each time I would get back up and I would try again because I knew God was pulling me, I knew God was calling me, you know, and I tried to run from it, I did, I ran from it. I knew back when he showed me that vision on the back of that ship, I knew then that he was calling me to be a minister and a preacher, not only to a local assembly, but to, to the world. And, and, and that's what I am now. That's what we do. You know, that's what I'm involved with now, world evangelism. You that's know, and I'm a senior pastor now, House of Destiny International Ministry. Uh, God has said, I deal with about 13 different type ministries that I run. And, and a lot of people ask me, how do I do it? And I tell them I don't. I just leave it to God because every time I try to do it, I'll get overwhelmed. I mess it up. But when I stay out of the way of me, when I keep me out of the way of God, I come out all right every time, you know. And so I, it led me to write this book. I had cancer. I lost everything. And I guess I've lost everything a couple of times before I learned how to walk with it, you know. And I, and, and I wrote the book because I wanted to be real. It's my third one that I've had published. But in this one, it's like memoirs. Mm -hmm. And and and, and it I tells just, your story. It tells my story. The first part of it tells my story as far as the dark night of my soul. Because mm, it says the dark night of my soul. Yes, that's when I was going through the drug addiction, mm -hmm. the homelessness, the eating out of the trash cans, the brokenness, oh you know. I mean, you can really, 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 go. it's it's some serious business. This, this book yeah. is amazing because it's the life of a man who has overcome. Yeah. It's not just pages on a, uh, words on a page, but it's, I gave myself to the world in this book because I believe that people they need to know that just because we're pastors, we're still human and we go through things. That's right. And we go through things, you know. And, the, you know, the Bible talks about how we ought to confess our sins one to, one to another so that we might be healed. Well, I think that too many of us hide from that mm -hmm. confession. And I also think that too many of us are afraid to tell the truth because of the way others perceive us mm -hmm. that's in the body of Christ and they come with a judgmental spirit. Yeah. But see, I'm beyond all of that, you know, because now my shame has become my testimony and my glory for God.
So, you know, it's a, it's a good thing for me because now I'm able to help others and bring others out of the situation that they're into. You know, the Bible also talks about that in Second Corinthians, how God, he comforts us in our tribulation so that we'll be able to comfort others That's while right. they're in theirs, you know. If we haven't been through anything, then how are we going to bring somebody out of it, you That's know? That's right. I mean, it's, it's weird how God works, you know. And he always tests me in a funny way, you know. Like when I'm going, uh, I was at Atlanta Live the other week, and uh, down there with Rick, Rick Goins, and uh, on, the, on, the, on the going down the highway, 85, I get a call, and uh, it's from a lady that I don't even know, but she saw where a write-up was in the paper about, you know, the book and myself and stuff, so she calls, you know, and, and here, I came here, and right when I opened the door, there was this lady this lady and she was crying and I was holding the door. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. You know, I opened the door and she said, I need somebody to pray for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, you know, I'm in somebody else's house. So, you know, I, I believe in protocol. You can pray here. But, but here's the thing, though, you know, God spoke to me and he said, I made you a pastor of the world. So you pray. Amen. So that's what I did, you know. But I think he tests me in that way just to keep me humble or to see where I am. You know, because it's easily to get, it's easy for a man or a woman to start, God can start raising them up and he put these little indications in your life to see where you are with yourself. Are you still humble enough to take the time out for somebody else? Because let me tell you something, on the day that you are not humble enough to take time out for somebody else, I don't care how high you go, God can take you down. Right. And I'm afraid of him on that because it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the almighty living God. And it's just a joy to be able to put self aside and give self, give, all, give yourself to somebody else, you know. And that's basically what I did in filling my life with joy. I, I gave myself away to the world so that the world can be helped because if we ever need help now, we need it. Need it right. now. We, we, we really do need it, you know. Well, so, with the uh, shootings you're hearing. It's, it's happening off it's too often. It's crazy. It's too and, often. You know, you were talking about kids and all the kids on drugs. It starts with one glass of, it just starts with one glass of uh, liquor and then it goes on and on. Then the drugs is just one first little puff or whatever they do and then it goes bigger and bigger. Sin is a progression. It doesn't start it's, at the mm -hmm. worst place up here. It looks good. Mm -hmm. But it will take you on a downhill slide it faster will. than you ever want to go. Right. It will. And you just need to stand back. Sometimes it's harder to say no to your friends or say, you know what? I don't need to be hanging with these guys. I need to get myself right. And when you do that, you're going to find that um, God's going to put new friends in your life. He certainly will... Uh arrange things and rearrange things in your life, yeah. you know. My hardest problem was saying no to me. I was my, you know, there's this thing called the enemy within. Everybody has mm -hmm. it. And we have to learn how to deal with that enemy within. To be an overcomer, we, we certainly have to learn how to deal with that enemy within. So the, uh, with uh, the uh, dark night of my soul when it came by uh, came through and uh, the second chapter of that book talks about spiritual maintenance yes that's what it says you know because we all have to have a, a maintenance plan mm -hmm. 
of spirituality. Everything has to, everything has to be kept up. No matter, this, this studio has to be kept up. Our yeah, bodies have to be kept up. Kept up. Our spiritual temple within us, our sanctuary within, has to be kept up. We have to have a spiritual maintenance plan. Yeah. Now, and when God showed me my spiritual maintenance plan, which is the same for me as it is for anybody else, and that is really allowing God to deal with us on a one-on-one -on -one basis, because our private ministry, I've found it to be our most important ministry. Yeah. And from that, you know, uh, when I worked on this spiritual maintenance within myself and God showed me what I need to do and how I need to do it, then joy began to come back. And, and notice that the third chapter in the book is about the resurrection of joy. Because once again, it was a process. Right. This thing had to be resurrected back into me because I'm going to tell you, when you're down in a hole, the view, I always tell people, the view is different yeah. when you're down in the hole looking up than it is from the person that's up there looking down. Yeah. See, people that's up there can always give advice. Mm -hmm. Well, people up top, they don't have any walls. When you're down in the hole, you got walls it's all around whole you. different. Looking up in that little tunnel. It's different. Yeah. It's a di yeah, you know, so always try to, to be empathetic about how I advise people that's down in the hole because their view is different than my view from being out of the hole. So I want to always remember that, you know, I was once there, I know what it's like, and I'm not too, too high that I can't go back. So I'm cautious of how I do, how I live, how I treat people, how yeah. I treat my wife. I'm conscious about the whole situation, you know, because I know that it's dangerous dealing with God in a wrong way. I've learned not to play with God. Yeah. When you uh, were in prison, um, did um, how in your conversion or uh, did you go to any Bible courses? Did you like eat up the gospel because yeah. now you're alone yourself? Mm -hmm. You just have more time. So basically it was like a Bible college, if you will. That's what it and was. And then you learned intimacy with God. Right. See, I wasn't poisoned by the religious theology. Right. I wasn't, I, you know, it was like Paul said, this gospel it wasn't given to me by man, but, you know, it was by revelation, right. yes. you know. So the revelation came. Now, what I did was I got involved in, um, while I was doing time, I got in involved in theological schooling in the federal penitentiary, you know. I got involved in that because I needed to know that part of it. But during the whole time of my studies in that, I always allowed God to make sure that he was the one guiding me on the revelations and that I wouldn't become contaminated and into a, a what I call a ministry silo of theology. You know, a silo is where, it's like in, in the military, you got a silo that holds one missile. That's all. Mm -hmm. A lot of Christians, they got, they're, they're living in a silo. Or a mindset. Uh, it's a one, mindset, right. Or tradition. It's a tradition. This is what we've always thought. This and is where this it is always it. go. And it's a very dangerous thing because God is too big for that. And we can't, we can't, you know, we can't put God in a, in a, in a silo, in a box, as they call it. You know, we have to allow God to be free 
And if we allow, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Liberty. Or liberty, you know. It, it, it opens itself up to you. God opens himself up to us. And, and things start happening. And like I say, I can't explain the day that I was saved. All I know is that God saved me. Yeah. And I'm not doing what I used to do. I'm walking the way, and I'm doing what God want me to do. And, 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 and I'm, I mean, I'm confident that the Lord did this thing in me. Otherwise, I'd be doing yeah. like, for, because I did it for so long. Right. It took God to turn it around, years. but it was certainly a, well, Dorothy, sis, when I look back on that, it's a waste of time, isn't it? Well, I don't look at it like no, that. No, right, because it, it, then, again, it was almost like a Bible college. Yeah. Oh, well, because, see, I know. the world couldn't hand hold him, so then I think that the Lord allowed uh, through that process of him in that nature mm -hmm. to go to a place mm -hmm. where he could be held and then now that can you can have your attention again you put again I, I already know because I went to did all the jail stuff he did I'm just saying I never went to prison but I'm just saying that the mindset is that it's it's too hard to hold his mind and my mind from going we're, we're, when we get out of jail we're just too wild so right. by capturing us and setting us in that confined quarters we can now start really analyzing looking at ourselves right hold it Heather's over there saying you got to get to the next segment right oh, okay well then, uh, what do you got to do here well we got to go to Anthony Childs and he's okay. going to sing for you all right the song is called victory and it's based out of Romans 8. I will praise 
lives uh, it says attend unto my Christ see I'm talking about like he was talking about it, it, those that are in jail or prison or e even those that are just captured in life you uh, know what I'm saying yeah it's all prison it's all prison. and so we and we all come to that place where it says attend unto my cry for I am brought very low mm. deliver me from my persecutors for they are stronger than I bring my soul out of prison that I may uh, praise thy name the righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Amen. If I what? Surrender, let him open up my soul, you know, to, 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 to his will of his word. That's right. Until that person does that, I don't care in life, wherever you're at, they can say, well, I ain't ever been to prison. Yeah, but if you're in depression, if you're in suicide, you're in if you're in addictions and alcohol, yeah, but I never went to prison. So what? You're still in your own prison, prison of your yeah. soul. And, and you got to cry out to the Lord so that he can bring you out of prison. Mm -hmm. And that's what, mm -hmm. that's what he did. That's what he and did. It took me the same thing to go kind of like to have jail to shake me, mm -hmm. to finally get me to, because I was a wild child, mm -hmm. and it took the jail, you know, jail cell to finally get me to humble myself and to, to cry out to God. Amen. And the, and the wonderful thing about that, Brother Russell, is that uh, during, during my last episode of, uh, of prison, uh, when, you know, that's when God had really did his number on me. Then he sent me my beautiful wife, Brenda, you know, while I was in prison. While you were in prison? Mm hmm How'd you meet her? God, I, got, I had a dream, a vision. I, I have these. I can't help it. But I did. I had a vision. That's wonderful. I had well, a vision. Well, because he's an old man, because that's what it says. Old men uh, will dream. You I'm an old man. 
I'm just saying. But I'm that. just saying. I'm old. I'm just saying. So but, go ahead. So Russell is right. But I did. I, 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 they had me. I was in this, this uh, uh, um, whatever this thing is, this bunkhouse. I don't think you look old. But anyway. I just had to put that in there. <laughs> Thank you, man. George, you're giving him joy. Stop <laughs> interrupting him. But uh, you call him old. But it's okay. I mean, you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I was uh, I was in the uh, place, you know, bunkhouse, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and um, I had this vision. It was hot. And uh, I was sleeping. You know how you be sleeping and you're sweating and you know you're sweating and stuff? And it was about 1 o'clock in the day. About June, it was hot. I mean, it was terribly hot in that place. And um, I was over here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And um, I had this dream, this vision, that this lady was coming. And her name was Brenda. And sure enough. It was, it was, I think it was on a Thursday, Tuesday or Thursday, but anyway, that Saturday, Brenda, my wife, came to the prison to preach the Word of God. And when I leaned over the bench, the, the pew, and saw the Bible and the name that was on the Bible, you know, and that's when God, he showed me, he said, now this is her. Well. She didn't know it, but I did. So it, about six months, man, I was writing like books, not <laughs> letters. To her. Books. <laughs> to her, yeah. No response. And I tell you, but God was, he was sending, he was testing me, and he was teaching me a thing called faith. Uh -huh. That's right. And patience. That's what he was doing. <laughs> Faith and patience. I'm telling you, it works, people. Right. But you he'll get out send of jail, you. then what happened? I you get out of jail. Straight to her house? We got married. No, but <laughs> you're out of jail. I mean, do you go straight to her house? How do you How call her? How did she her? end up uh, uh, say, responding back to you eventually? Did well, she respond back to you in jail eventually or yeah, not? In, yeah, okay. six okay. months later. Six this months later. later. Yes. And what was her reason why that she was not uh, going to? Cause she because she didn't really want to. Because they probably warned her, hey, look, you know, you want to keep it separate because they're doing their time. So don't go in there and, and you know, you'll get some yeah, infatuation going. Yeah, that was part of, that that was part of it. Know, and, and the fact is, is that being that she was a godly woman, she was waiting to hear from God. She was reading right. the letters. I didn't know mm -hmm. she was reading the letters. You know, I found out later that she was reading the letters, and she was waiting on God to guide her and, and show her what she needed to do. But all the time, you know, uh, she, she, she was really being, growing closer to me in the spirit realm because I was dealing from the spirit realm, you know. Right. And I was teaching her what God had been showing me while I was, you know, segregated mm -hmm. in, 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 in prison, you know, with all the, the revelation that he was giving me, you know. So the books, I mean, the, uh, the, the letters that I was writing, look at that <laughs> the letters that I was writing, they weren't love letters. Uh, they were love letters for the Lord. Spiritual, I was teaching her letters. about the Word of God. Right. Well, and she ought to make those letters into a book. We do have one called Letters of the Saints. 
we just ain't I haven't published it yet I can't publish all these things uh, get them all published uh, yeah. it's a, I have a lot of them that that haven't even been published yet but anyway uh, we got married and uh, the the ministry took off I took over the ministry while I was still in prison and uh, got the 501c3 and everything for it and uh, everything just took off you know and now we're partners uh, we do work all over the uh, we've we've moved about almost 2,000 tons of uh, food and supplies around the world since 2003, uh, we're partners with Feed the Children and Operation Blessings. Uh, we do work all over the world. Like I was saying, you know, it's just amazing. We helped build, rebuild Katrina down there. We took about close to 150 tons of stuff down there to Great. rebuild. If you go on our website at www.thehouseofdestiny.org, you'll see all of that. Uh, we helped rebuild uh, Alabama when the tornadoes hit, you know. So we're first responders, you know, in, 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 a, in a way, you know, we, we, we go in and uh, we deal with the the serious uh, situations that hit you know we we deal with life and death situations our ministry is one of uh, that deals with life and death situations it's a very serious ministry because God has brought me out of a very serious situation mm -hmm. right so uh, I when I went cancer when I found out I had cancer and I wanted to get to this because when I found out that I had cancer, and it's in the book about I had prostate cancer, I had to have uh, uh, radical surgery, and uh, I knew that it may re-emerge re re uh, the um, drug addiction because of the morphine and stuff that they gave me on the, while I was under the knife, but uh, and it did. And I was a pastor at the time, and, and it, it was rough. I mean, I went through, Sister Dorothy, I'm telling you, I went through. I really did go through, but God brought me through, and I thank him for that, you Amen. know. But it was not easy. It was very difficult, and I mean, The things that we usually times. get delivered of or are things that, uh, whatever it may be, is what will probably, because we have an adversary. Why would he want to just not take advantage of your weakness Okay, you got over it? Okay, I'm never going to revisit that again. No, he's an adversary. Mm -hmm. He's going to continue to keep going yeah, back yeah. at you in those areas that we may have, been, have strength over for 5, 10, 15 years, mm -hmm. but he still wants to come back to that because he knows you, you may be a creature of habit, well, that see, you're going to go back to some of your old ways if possible. He even did that with Jesus. Remember that? He sifted him, and he says, I find nothing in him. Mm -hmm. I'll leave. And I wait for a more opportune time. Because I know mankind, they, they'll, they'll be good for a while, but then they'll succumb to the flesh again. That's right. And see, that's what he tried to do with, uh, with Jesus. I'm glad you brought that up. Because the devil always hits us at our weakest point. Right. You see, Jesus, he was 40 days and 40 nights fasting without food. Right. The devil come at him. The first thing the devil come at him with was, if, he, if thou be the son of God, then turn these stones into bread. He knew the man was hungry mm -hmm. because after 40 days and 40 nights of not eating, ain't nothing else on your mind, but if you're a human being, but getting something to eat, right? Mm -hmm. So he always comes at us and hits us at our lowest place. That's the, you see, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. And that's the part, when you test the chain, it's going to break at its weakest link. 
But once that weak link is well, it's the strongest part because a weld is always stronger. You make a weld on a, on a piece of material, on a piece of iron, and it's stronger than anything else. Right. Let me tell you, I just want to bring this in because mm -hmm. we're almost out of time. Filling my life with joy. This is uh, Dr. Larry Man Manley's um, book on his story. But then he talks about the resurrection of joy and how God took this broken vessel, gave him a beautiful wife, and brought him joy. Mm -hmm. And you live in joy now, victory. Big time. And you were set free from the drugs and the alcohol. And even when you had to have the surgery, mm -hmm. you had to fight that drug thing. Yes, I did. But God helped you mm -hmm. and will continue to do so. Yes, he will. So if you'd like to have the book, it's a love gift. Um, hang on a minute, $15 love gift. And so he needs you to get up and go to your phone right now, make that call. And he's just got things in here about leadership development. He's got all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff that will help you. A lot of times people, they get their, um, go through their stuff, but they don't know how to get out. Right. And it's like a prison, like you said, mm -hmm. but in this book, you show them. It's designed to give them a way out. If they get the book, I'm telling you, it'll help them, and it'll assist them, and it'll get, it's a guide to the better you. It speaks for itself, and filling and my course, life with joy. Say your website again. <clears throat> my website is www.thehouseofdestiny.org. Thehouseofdestiny.org. And, and, and on there, you're, you're available for uh, scheduling to come? Sure. To we do seminars and speaking, and uh, we do seminars, speaking, book signings, whatever. You know, we do, I do all of that, you know. If anybody want me to come and speak or whatever the situation may be, I have no problem with that. We do that, and uh, I, I gave the information I gave. If, if anybody want to call me, my number is 864 599-9890. And if you don't re remember that, you can always call us here because we have a list of all our guests and their phone numbers and their websites. So you can right. just be sure and give us a call. You may want to have uh, Dr. Larry in one of your meetings or in a drug rehab program and let them see, here's a guy that went through all that junk you went through but he has a better way mm -hmm. and it'll help you get out of that mess you're in.